Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble! As always, I am Tony Cavallo, joined by Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, and Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crooks, and we are here, the Left Coast Gamblers are here to break down the divisional weekend, usually the best weekend the NFL has to offer, and boy do we have some juicy matchups for you. The great Green Bay Packers, a bi-week team, are facing the, the toughest game on their schedule. Those 13-3 and three New Orleans Saints are coming into town. And the New England Patriots are going to Kansas City. New versus old. Mahomes versus... Oh, oh, wait a second. Hold on. Hold Tony, on. Tony. Time out one second. Tony, that was mean. These matchups aren't happening? These great teams that were supposed to roll through wildcard weekend are not going on to face the bi-week team? What <laughs> happened last weekend, guys? Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. As is the course of the Left Coast game is what we've been doing all season. We don't talk about the past. We move on to the future. We're not going to be breaking down the games that happened, but I do want to talk a little bit about the death of the New England Patriots. Dangles had a hell of a weekend. Had a hell of a weekend. He won the bet so <laughs> yeah, far. Dang. Went 3-2 and two on the week. <laughs> he gave out every prop that Dangles gave out. Hit really? every single prop that the, he gave the out. The two hit. overtime one was I just couldn't I couldn't believe well, it. Well, I did two give overtimes. out Baltimore, Baltimore plus 225 to win the uh, – win the Super Bowl versus the field but the, only, well the other three it. I the other three I nailed might as well take it two overtimes exactly two overtimes and then took happened. him off the first drive of the weekend to hit the hit the quarterback that was the biggest yeah, one yeah, he yeah. hit the over on field goals for the weekend and the best bet of the week the we- reason I am so happy right now because I lost all of my bets I went one and four on the show continued that trend with actual Tony Cavallo money but I took the biggest bet I made all week was Dangles's bet plus 500 that a non-QB would throw a touchdown pass on the whole weekend and it hit on the first drive of the game First Thank drive. you, John Brown. Unbelievable. So Dangles is hot. We'll be riding him. But first, Dangles, you're no longer allowed to talk about your Patriots except for right now. Because Fair. for the first time, the first time in the history of this podcast, not just the left coast gamblers, but the left coasters in general, the four years Dangles and I have sat here to talk about football, his Patriots have been in contention. Every single week, his Patriots have been in contention. They are no longer there anymore, buddy. Losing to the Tennessee Titans. So Dangles, this is your moment. Talk about the death of your team. Uh, the student becomes the master. Mike Vrabel bests his uh, old coach in the playoffs. It was sad to watch. Uh, the offense didn't come together as I think a lot of people expected. Um, and Tennessee, and they just could not stop Derrick Henry. That was the headline of the game for me. Is just He just ran train all day on the Patriots' supposedly vaunted defense. Who can so, stop Derrick Henry? So, I mean, no, nobody's been able to do it. We'll see if Baltimore has a better shot at it this weekend. Uh, I, I don't really want to talk much about the past in the game, like I said. Uh, I Let's do talk think- about the future then. Your Patriots moving forward just quickly. Brady, free agent. Belichick wanting to leave. They already lost a special teams coordinator to become a head coach somewhere else. McDaniels might get the Cleveland job. Dang. What's going on in Fox? I mean, we'll have to see. I don't think I, I look, I don't think Brady goes anywhere else. I know he said he he doesn't want a one year deal. And I really don't see him being anything anywhere else other than a bridge to another quarterback or someone to mentor a young guy. I can tell you he doesn't want to be that. He thinks he can still win. He's 43 years old. He's, you know, he's going to take hits somewhere else. You have to have a team that's built for him, right? He's not yep. a mobile guy. You, he's already got that sort of infrastructure. In it See, built in in, in for I, him in in New England, so I don't think I think as long as Belichick stays there, he knows he's QB one in New England, and I think he wants to continue to win. So I just don't see him going anywhere else, taking a one year deal, being a band aid guy, being a bridge guy to another quarterback, and then just kind of being shooed out on their terms when they're ready to install the new quarterback. I Guys, really wanted more sadness out of him. Well, you know, and I think that's kind of the tone of uh, New England fans. If you listen to podcasts across the country, or just listen or hear. Any any really commentary. I think New England fans are pretty set in their ways that I think Brady will be back. Who knows if this is all kind of a, a publicity scent to get better help around him. And yeah. I have two words for you guys. And I didn't even think about this until I read this recently. Austin Hooper. He mm. might look he might look decent on that Patriot staff. Mm. Um, the only really logical uh, place I've seen him land is um, the Indianapolis Colts, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Tennessee Titans. Like, can you imagine Tom Brady in any of those jerseys, especially the hometown Chargers? Now I get they're opening the field. But how can you look Bob Kraft in the eye and say, you know what, Bob, I'm going to go play for Dean Spanos. I don't really see it. I think Brady will be back. The bottom. I I, I don't think – just just sorry, Daniels. I I don't think the uh, the Pats dynasty is dead. I think I, that, I think they will be back. Now, who knows if they're going to be uh, Super Bowl contenders for the next three years, but something tells me we have not seen the, the, um, the end of this dynasty. And 
You got you can't pull a car, you can't pull a cart without horses. They just have the horses this year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Bottom line is if they don't get him weapons, he is going to be I think more inclined to sh- shop his wares and, somewhere else. But again, I, I just Austin it's going to be who's going to take a gamble one year on a 43-year-old quarterback who looked a lot more like 43 this year than I mean for I would, one year would, for would, one year to win it's it all. Tom fucking Brady. I, yeah. I mean, listen, I guess so. Dangles, listen, I, I mean so. I, I really wanted you to be I'm more sorry, sad I'm here. Not more I had sad a whole for you. I had a whole grand plan to play the gravestones music under him <laughs> no. and him not to know about it. But again, uh, the Patriots are still there and also there is new hope on the horizon for many teams. The Patriots have stuff to do, but three teams, uh four teams now. Four teams have hired a new head coach Ron Rivera is now the Washington general uh my man Mike McCarthy is back in Dallas jo- uh, Joe Judge that's his name Joe, yes, Judge. Joe Judge the special teams coordinator from New England is now the head coach in New York Giants after they got snubbed by the Baylor head coach Matt Rule going to Carolina we're not going to talk much about these coaches because we'll be doing all these off-season podcasts but I just want to say I'm very happy for fat Mike McCarthy to be back <laughs> in our lives I'm so effing happy CBD on that one. I <laughs> mean, wait, I, I'm baby. very, I'm very intrigued. Cannot but hi, we'll talk more. Very intrigued. Uh, Cleveland I, Browns I, still available. I, I didn't like McCarthy it, say something want like the Cleveland Browns job. I anybody, read, anybody, anybody in the back? Um, anybody in the back want the Cleveland Browns job? No, they're looking for people. Nobody wants the Cleveland Browns. They're looking job. for people. The really Redskins quickly. job. The Redskins job went before the Browns. How about Schefter saying what was true? Real quick about the Browns. Everyone that has gone to the Browns has ended up a dumpster fire. Yep. No one comes out of that job better. Or 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 gets or does anything or any after more that. valuable or marketable to other teams. Everyone that goes there just goes to die. Well, what about Carolina? What do you guys think about the Matt Rule hire out of out of Baylor? The Poncho, unfortunately, is going to stay in Waco, but they do have a guy who really wants to win. It sounds like also a TBD. It's interesting whenever a college coach comes in, they paid him a lot of money to be there, seven year deal plus buy, paying his buyout at Baylor. They. I mean, the owner has boatloads of money and was very excited. He was slapping his wife in the ass during the press conference, okay? <laughs> They're excited about this guy. Who knows what will wow. actually happen? <laughs> really? But let's go forward here. That's nice. Let's move forward. Jeez. Before we break down the games, we have another caller coming in to, to represent his team, Bo Rock, Buffalo Bo Rock. I'm sad for you, but you ain't guys, calling this week, no, guys. No, guys, I have yet to even reach out to that guy. It's tough. I, I know he's it's listening. It's got to be tough. I'm going to reach out tomorrow, man. I feel for you, buddy. It's we'll talk more tough. about it. Love you. I do want to talk about something that happened real quick because it, it might not happened to this week of the NFL but if it if past tells us anything if history tells us anything this will change the NFL in the future and that is the XFL Vince mm. McMahon's XFL <laughs> they had a, a league that came by when we were very young they played this XFL and they incorporated tried to incorporate some rule changes where they race to the ball for the kickoff instead of a coin toss stuff like that but stuff that they created crept its way into the NFL, including the Sky Cam. We wouldn't have the Sky Cam today if it wasn't for the XFL. So they unveiled what their rule changes will be as they start their season after this Super Bowl. And I want to go through a couple of them with you guys, see if any of them stick with you. And one of them in particular makes me very interested to see what's going to happen to the future of the NFL. They have some easy ones, like there's going to be only one foot in bounds for a catch, a running game clock the whole entire game until you get to two minutes, 25-second play clock, two timeouts per half. They're trying to quicken the game. No coaches' challenges. There's just a replay official. The four big ones that you hear about, one of them is they're allowing a double forward pass. That's behind the line of scrimmage. I think there's a little bit more fanciness to that than anything. They're just trying to create, uh, eliminate laterals. So double forward passes are allowed. Overtime is going to be a shootout type thing where it's uh, one team has one play, the other team has another play. It's going to be quicker, more fast-paced. The two that are interesting to me, though, extra points, zero in the XFL. Instead, you can do three things. You can attempt to play from the two-yard line for one point, from the five-yard line for two points, from the ten-yard line for three points. Now, interesting. So essentially it's like Los Angeles flag football. Yes, so interesting Interesting as a, a, a football fan, terrible for a gambler. Those numbers are going to be all over the place now. Yeah. One, two, three, maybe four. I don't know. There's punting. They're eliminating coffin corner kicks. Okay? If you punt and you get in the end zone, the other team starts at the 35-yard line. If you kick off and the team (laughs) starts at the end zone, you're starting at the 35-yard line. Teammates cannot move until the ball is kicked on a punt or a kickoff. A lot of crazy rules. The one that has me going, though, the one that has my juices flowing, is finally someone is allowing the use of of Hawkeye technology in a football game. If you watch tennis, you see the serve coming in 120 miles per hour, the judge goes out, and then they go to the camera. 
and there's immediately, 10 seconds later, a, a slow-mo version of a computer reading the ball and on the line, whether it's out or in and a little bit out and in, and it's, it's never been wrong. Best technology in sports. Down to a millimeter they have it's this. unbelievable. Now they're using it in football. This is the technology that I think will creep into the NFL. How awesome would it be if we didn't have to worry about spotting the football, if we didn't have to worry about whether the ball crossed the goal line, if we didn't have to worry about whether the guy stepped out of bounds. All of that can be solved by technology. Soccer and tennis, two of the oldest sports in the world, use this technology to their advantages. Can't wait to see the NFL. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a while though before the NFL adopts that because you'll have the unions for the crew guys, the 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 chain gangs. Fire will, will not will not be. Yeah, but it's not well, that simple. Though they will they will make sure that that, that that's going to be an issue. I'm not saying they won't eventually back down or figure it out in some I, way. And I do hope it gets to the NFL. But I can bet you the unions for who, whoever the union is for those chain gang guys, they will uh, th- they won't let that just happen lying down. Well, here's the thing, Dangles. You may be right in that, but uh, the union guys would be smart to collaborate with technology because it's coming and there's no other there, there's no other proof of that than the minor leagues are rolling out their their electronic strike zone this year yep. to test out the bugs for the major leagues it could be there as soon as 2021 well, the 2022. union has agreed to allow it uh correct yeah, limitedly uh, in a limited fashion correct yeah. because you know uh, they, there needs to be a collaborative effort because technology is coming so if i'm a human as part of a union and the Teamsters and Jimmy Hoffa, whatever the hell we're talking about, <laughs> uh, I would definitely get with the times. I think you have to. I think it's the future, and I, I'm waiting for referees to be taken off the field completely. They should be refed by computers. It's it's down it's down to a science. Most of these. So calls. you don't see any any utility in the human error side of of sort no. of sports. Eliminate the, the, the even you know because uh, you know obviously in baseball that's kind of like a lot of the purists would say. Well, that's a big part of it is is every strikes every ump has a different strike zone. You know that kind of human error is part of the game. I'm not saying I'm saying that. I'm just saying baseball purists will say that. If I can take any error out of the game that I love, I would do it. And bringing up baseball dangles, I'm happy you did because once again, we have to sadly as I'm contractually obligated Uh, go to a word from our sponsors. But after that, we'll be getting back to sport people care about the NFL. Oh Christ. Are you a true American like me? Do you wake up and wonder when will the next MLB season begin? Do you sit anxiously by the dinner table waiting for the hot stove to serve up some juicy deals? Do you have season tickets to your hometown team's AA affiliate? If that sounds familiar, then boy do I have a podcast for you. Touching Base with Alan and Eric is the nation's premier MLB podcast. Dishing all the necessary news you need and the go-to guide for all 162 glorious games. And unlike today's version, this podcast only has one true outcome, pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're out at the bar, don't strike out talking ball with your boys, but rather hit a home run with the facts by listening to Touching Base with Alan and Eric, available on SoundCloud and Instagram. That's Touching Base with Alan and Eric, the five-tool podcast prospect that every Scout needs. Hey now, better come on now, kid. Right, here we go, And now we are here, starting to break down the divisional weekend, the best weekend in sports. Hopefully, hopefully the lines are a little large for this weekend. But the first game on the docket is a game that gives us a lot of fun. Minnesota did so well; they they brought me so much joy taking out those New Orleans Saints. The worry of mine. It is my birthday weekend, and Green Bay is playing a bi-week team on my birthday weekend, and if they had to play the Saints, I knew I was going to have a bad birthday. But there's a chance. There's a chance because of these Vikings. Dangles, our first divisional game, Mr. King of the Bets, Mr. 3-2. and two. All right, you're not so good, but the props were better. <laughs> we're each going to make a bet on this game. and then Hey, 3-2, th- you can build mansions in a yacht, buddy. Exactly. We're, gonna, we're each going to give a pick on each of these games and then a teaser at the end. We're going to start right here. What starts us off, divisional weekend, diggity dangles. All right, uh, first game, 4 o'clock, uh, 4.30, I suppose, on the East Coast, 1 o'clock for us plebes out here on the west coast the minnesota vikings are in santa clara at levi stadium taking on the san francisco 49ers the cream of the nfc crop the spread is seven points boys in favor of the san francisco 49ers and the total is 44 Okay. 44 okay. is your total. And as it, as last week was, we could not break the first game of the playoffs down without a little bit of help from our friends. So, Drew, who do we have coming in today? Guys, I am so pumped to introduce a man that you both know, uh, my good friend, 
Howard Joshua Mills. He is the biggest Vikings fan I know. We have kindred Midwest spirits. I happen to live with him for the Minnesota Miracle. Yep. And, of course, the week after when they got blown out in Philly <laughs> in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. But I can say uh, he is a legitimate Vikings fan, a familiar NFC foe, NFC North foe for me and you, Tony. Yep. And I got to ask, Josh, welcome to the show. Tell me, tell me, please. I want to. I want you to set the table for us. Your viewing pleasure on Sunday afternoon. How was your volume, sir? Wow. Let's see if I still have a voice. Hey guys, <laughs> thanks for having me. You might as well call me Jay Money Mills. Jay Money Mills. <laughs> after, yeah, because after last weekend, I got I'm rolling in it. Oh. Vikings money line all week. I said it, and you know. I'm, I'm down in San Diego. I'm at my buddy's house. He's like, oh, we're going to go to this bar to watch a game. I did not know that it happened to be a Vikings bar when I walked in. Wow. I start seeing all these shirts, and I'm like, whoa. He surprised me and brought me to a Vikings bar in San Diego. Wow. Which is the Regal Seagull. For anybody down there that wants to go, it's a great spot. I like the plug, Regal um, Seagull. Yeah, the Regal Seagull. It's legit, great beer, great food, and it's cheap. And it's and it's um, apparently lucky, man. The the Vikings won. Now, Howard, uh, I have to ask you, how long have you been a Vikings fan, and where did it all start from with you? Well, I have a strange background. I moved to Minnesota in fourth grade, so from fourth grade until now, and yes, I am forty years old. So that's about thirty. I'd have to guess roughly thirty years. Yeah, you're not you're not a math guy. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, I used to be when it was simple math. That's pretty simple. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's been a long, long journey with uh, not that many great moments, to tell you the truth. No. It's been it's, – it's hard being a Minnesota sports guy. It's been since, you know, 1991, unless you count the, uh, the Lynx, who win some championships in the WNBA. But <laughs> we're, not, we're not going there, are we? Um, I don't think so. Not tonight. No, not tonight. Not ever. But, you know <laughs> – now, are you are, are you are you a little bit tepid this year? I mean, they are the sixth seed. It is Kirk Cousins going up against the vaunted San Fran defense. I know you might think that they win this game, but you truly, in your heart of hearts, think that there is happiness at the end of this tunnel. I, I thought if we could play some defense and get to breathe, and you know Cook could run a little bit and open it up for Cousins, I thought we had a chance. You know, my favorite part of next week is that there's no Taysom Hill or whatever his name is. <laughs> man. He doesn't play for the 49ers because that man just lit the Vikings up. I mean, all he did was light us up. But, you know, besides him, they did an amazing job. So, Mills, I, I, to I your point, to your point, sorry, buddy, but to your point, Taysom Hill, I mean, my God, I was watching that game. The Vikings clearly, to my surprise, were the better team. They're, you really can't deny that. They were just the better team on Sunday. Taysom Hill single-handedly kept the Saints in that game. Yeah. And, and the Vikings defense made Breeze just look – so old. I wanted to ask you specifically, you know, Thielen hasn't been right all year. And you've and you've said that. You know, you've said that to me uh, during our numerous interactions with each other during this football season. He hasn't been right. Well, he comes out of nowhere, has a career game, and then you got Stephon Diggs yeah. acting kind of like a middle schooler throwing his helmet. What do you think the mindset of those receivers are going <laughs> are, are, are going into Sunday? Because I think if Thielen's healthy and I think if Diggs has his head on straight – you know, Dalvin Cook's obviously one of the best running backs in the league. Then yeah. The Vikings can beat fucking anybody, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I love that we're the sixth seed. The underdog feeling is awesome. If we travel well, because we, we run the ball, if we can establish that run, we can do anything, in my opinion. But on that note, with you saying feeling healthy, he, uh, he had a setback today at practice. He uh, busted up his ankle today, so there's yeah. a little bit of worrisome there. One, one quick point, though, Taysom Hill – should have been a Packer. The Packers let him go. Yeah, I know. Glad, <laughs> yeah, I know. glad he's not playing each and you know he's not playing Detroit twice. He's not playing the Vikings twice. Thank God. Now there's no. I don't think there's any way around the fact that the Niners' offense is really potent. Um, they're going to run the ball down your throat. They're going to you know they're going to get the passing game going. They got some deep threats down the field. And I mean I don't know I don't know about you. To me, this Minnesota defense doesn't look like the same defense that maybe it has been in past years. Xavier Rhodes doesn't look like the same corner that he's been. No. Um, they haven't gotten as much pressure. I don't think on the quarterback as they have no. in, in previous years. Are you at all? Does that all concern you at all? Kind of going into it that 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 um, that you know they might just be able to move the ball on you at will well of course that's a concern absolutely but you know we're rotating our defensive front so 
we rotated them all game against the Saints. You know, they're supposed to have a good line. You know, the Saints, bottom line is, to me, the Saints were the best team in the NFC. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I no, I agree, too. We just took, we just took them out. So Thank you. you know, so you I should feel hurt. invincible. I mean, I don't feel invincible. I'm not re- unrealistic, but I'm feeling really good going up to San Francisco. I'm going to I'm gonna get in the car or get a, air, a flight. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going up to that game. Whoa, wow, okay. Wow. True fan right there. Oh, I like that. that. Going into enemy territory. I like that. Hey, all right, Josh, before, before we – We're saying 40% Vikes fans up there. I, I want to I start breaking down this game, in particular the key matchups, but let me give you a little uh, spoiler warning right now. We're going to make a bet on this game, and right now in front of me I have written down as my – bet San Fran minus seven tell me something in this key matchup that you see that can change me my bet right now Delvin Cook Delvin Cook Delvin Cook hard to argue that yeah without Delvin Cook you guys saw us against the Packers we look like shit see it wasn't just Delvin Cook missing in that Packers game though and this is what my key matchup is it has to be my man Zadarius Smith, the captain of my defense, ruined your offensive line. Preston Smith yeah. ruined your offensive yeah. line. They made Kirk Cousins' life miserable. They made it so Matt Boone could not find any light when he was handed the ball. I am a little bit worried, if I was you, that Minnesota's offensive line cannot contend against the likes of Bosa, Armstead, all those guys, those high draft picks against your crappy offensive line. That's where my key matchup lands. And I'm a little bit worried that even though there's Dalvin Cook back there, he's not going to have a lot of holes. Do you think they've gelled a little bit more in this with Dalvin Cook behind them, a little bit more excited? Do you think it's going to be tough? Absolutely tough. San Francisco is not an easy win, obviously. No. I, I, I would say they're the second best team in the NFC pretty much. They've got kind of got that going for him. Yes, Bosa is a freak. We shut one of the Bosa brothers down. We're looking to do it twice because well, that guy didn't even couldn't even sneeze on Cousins last time when we played the Chargers. Dangles, I want to hit on you, man. We've been going through key matchups. Do you have a key matchup in this game that you're looking at? Who wins this game and why? Uh, I mean, I think you have to look at Anthony Barr a little bit to set the tone on that defense. Uh, he's going to be obviously captaining out there. He's he's good in coverage. He's good in the pass rush. He's six foot five. You can't teach that. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna look for him to set the tone uh, at the middle linebacker position. I think. And he once hit on your uh, wife. And he did once tell my wife that she had great uh, gr- great chest. So there's that really? too. There is that too. Yeah, she'll have to tell you about that. He's from. <laughs> Pasadena. He went to high school around here. He obviously went to UCLA. And my wife tells me, yeah, he once uh, complimented her in that uh, way. So I've so been great. Around, I've so been great. Around, I've been around Mills a handful of times when he's complimented women on their chest too. So maybe him and Barry Kindred whoa, spirits. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Not, oh, that's just to you. I'm, I'm complimenting. I'm not telling any women. Let's get that straight. Okay. All right, Drew. Anyways, hey, I didn't answer this one question though. Vikings money line. That's all I'm saying on that game. You said seven points. Vikings money line all day. He's got the Vikings money line. Drew, a key matchup before That's we make our bets, buddy. Great. Yeah, no, um, I, you know, it's, it's it sounds kind of vanilla, but it's obviously just Dalvin Cook's ability to, to run the ball against that, that yeah. uh, defensive line, control the clock, uh, and extend some drives for the Vikings. I think it comes out of that. Uh, let's get down to making our bets for this game. I have not gotten off my little mountain here. I'm have, I have a theme this week, and it starts right now. San Fran minus seven. No offense, Mills. I think Minnesota gets destroyed this week. I think San Fran is a giant. I think they're a giant. De- uh, uh, Drew, let's go to you first, then we'll go to the current leader, Diggity Dangles. <laughs> Guys, uh, ironically enough, this is honestly one of my toughest games to handicap over the weekend. Um, I've kind of gone back and forth. My initial gut, Tony, was to fade Kirk Cousins. We've talked about it all year. Yep. Um, you know, him, he's a different quarterback when he's not in that 1 p.m. Eastern time slot. Yep. Obviously, this is a Saturday game, uh, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific. Um, so I wanted to fade him. But then I really started digging a little bit. So courtesy of R.J. Bell, our good friend, um, you know, division uh, division round since 2006, road teams uh, off a road game getting a touchdown or more, 10-1 and one against the spread. Wow. Um, that would apply to the Vikings yeah. this week. And also we have Jimmy G playing his first playoff game. Yeah. Um, obviously those stats I don't have in front of me, but they're, they're, they're bad. Yeah. So an even touchdown, um, it's so tight here. Yeah. But I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings wow. plus seven. Yeah. Wow. Um, I can't quite take the money line uh, against my buddy's advice where I missed an investment opportunity last, last week. I'm not going to take the money line, but I'm going to take Minnesota plus seven. Dangles, my man, the leader in the clubhouse, Mr. Prop Genius over there. What do you got for this game? 
Uh, I think there's going to be points in this first half. I'm going to go with the over in the first Ooh, half. The 21 over in the first half. And, and 21 and a half is, the over, okay, okay. And the, is like the over in the first yeah. half. I think there's going to be scoring. They're going to see a lot of rushing coming out of the gate. Um, and that would be, you know, the, the other thing is, yeah, don't. don't I think we can't, we can't overlook Kirk Cousins' uh, potential impact on this game. I mean, he obviously yeah, good has, or bad. Yeah, yeah, well, either way, I, I, yeah, I mean, but I think truth. his potential to be very good. I think his potential to be really good if Thielen's there and, and Diggs, you know, Diggs can be a game breaker too. We've seen it. You well, know? <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if that monkey off the back uh, for him, you know, he looked yeah. so relieved. And here's the thing people make fun of Kirk Cousins. I've made fun of Kirk Cousins to Mills forever. Never thought he'd win anything <laughs> with them. But, you know, after the locker room, you like that. Those guys tend to like him. Yes. Um, they certainly are they playing for him. him. Exactly. So it's not, it. it's not like he's some kind of dick that, you know, isn't a good leader. So oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. really interested to see how he performs this week. All right, Mills, my man, it's going to be a great weekend for you. I hope you have fun in San Fran. I know you got the Minnesota money line on this game. Is there any other bet you want to implore upon the left coast gamblers, something that you think is going to hit, whether it's this week or the next? Do you have anything for us? Uh, Seahawks. Oh, oh, you mother. <laughs> Get out of here. No, no I just got to be – I'm just being honest. I think they're – I yes, somehow you guys beat us twice this year. Mm-hmm. You did it. You did do it. Mm-hmm. I can't take that away. But just way too many close games. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I'm not buying. Plus four buy and a half. I will say is a lot of points for a Seahawks team that seems to play every game close. Every game close. Green Bay does uh, I, too. I, I. You hear? I think they're winning by seven, eight points. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Mills, uh, uh, if if your team wins and my team wins, we're going to watch that NFC Championship game together, right? I yeah, but there's a, well yes, but there's a small chance. The very small chance I'm going to try to go to that game. If Ooh. you go to Lambeau before I do, I'll never talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Lambeau. All right, then there we go. We can hang up on him now. Thank you for calling <laughs> in, Mills. It was a great hey, conversation. You guys have a good night. Mills, enjoy this weekend. We appreciate it, man. And, Thank uh, you, man. We got some good candy here, boys. I'm excited. I'm excited. All right, let's move on to the Saturday night game. I'm excited for this one, Dangle. Sadly, a Patriots, not a part of it. Oh, thank you, Tony. That was nice. Left Coasters. All right, we are back, just the three of us, Saturday, January 11th, my birthday, Saturday night, a great game for the return of Lamar Jackson. Dangles, what's happening Saturday night? Oh, it's going to be a fun one. We've got the Tennessee Titans fresh off their win against my New England Patriots. They got another road game here. They got to go to Baltimore, M&T Bank Stadium to take on the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, the yet-to-be-crowned MVP, but all but assured, probably. The line in this game, gentlemen, nine and a half points in Big. favor of the home Ravens. Big. And the total here is 46 and a half. Hmm. Hmm. Strange okay. total. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Tennessee, as we saw, Derrick Henry cannot be stopped. He is an effing monster. He did something that I haven't seen in an NFL game, let alone a college game. I haven't seen it since high school. There was one drive on the field where he accounted for all 75 yards of the Titans' yards that they got into the end zone. All 75. That's a high school stat. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. And Can and it, Baltimore stop him? That's the question. Well, and it's so funny because you hear from players or coaches or, uh, or you know commentators, like, people – have a genuinely they, they just don't want to tackle him. Yeah. They physically don't want to tackle him. You saw in the playoffs, I'm not sure who you might help me out here, Dangle, as a defensive back for the Patriots, like Henry basically, you know, put his shoulder into him. And he flattened and, and the him. Patriots guy just kinda like backed up and just tried to like guide him to the ground. That was McCordy. It was their best player. Yeah, he just did not want any piece of that beast. Oh yeah. my God. He's unbelievable. Well, I mean, you know, Devin McCordy is a great uh, safety, but he's not a huge dude. Dangles, uh, no more talking about the Patriots. I now know, I'm sorry. The Tennessee Titans are now going from New England, but to play a team that has ransacked the league. They have not lost in so so long. They even won with RG three. It's Lamar Jackson, the MVP. Maybe Mark Ingram, he's still not practicing, but even if it's not Mark. Ingram, that old line and Gus Edwards is good enough to sort of replicate what they do. Can Tennessee stand a chance against the best team in the AFC? Um, I mean, Tennessee's hot. You they know, are. They're, they're, they're playing good. I would. I when you think about their their wins, the last they obviously lost a, a, a tough game to Houston um, at home, and they lost to New Orleans at home. Uh, they beat a basically a Texans team dead in the water in Week 17, and obviously beat a Patriots team, which I just I'm just not sure how good they are. So I would kind of question their strength of schedule but to say they don't have a chance i mean dude it's it's there's eight teams left in the tournament yep every you can't really say no one has a chance yep 
except the Texans. They don't have a chance. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but absolutely. I mean, they have Derrick Henry. If they have Derrick Henry, they establish a run. They can do anything. Well, I will say Divisional Weekend usually has surprises. There are a lot of big underdogs here, and one of them is going to win. It just most likely will happen that one of them will win. I don't know if it's the Texans, the Titans, the, the Vikings. I don't know. Yep. But the Titans have the recipe for success. They control the ball. New England won the uh, game of uh, possession in yep. that game and still lost. But they t- uh, Titans control the ball. They have a man you can't stop. Tannehill doesn't make mistakes. Looked a little shaky against New England, but he had ghosts there. Well, it's going to be a little different now. Monkey off of his back as well. And now t- you, Sorry, no. you know who has a monkey on his back? Lamar Jackson. Sure. Last year in the playoffs, he was effing terrible. He laid an egg. He was effing terrible yeah. against an okay San Diego team. He's a different team. human this year, though. I think yeah. I agree with you, but yeah. it still contends. It's going to be a little. It's going to be a little cold in Baltimore. He's not a yeah. you know outside cold weather guy. And Titans have a damn good defense. You think Lamar's magic still holds? He's MVP, dude. Yeah, I mean he's literally like what Patrick Mahomes was last year. Yeah, so. I don't see him regressing at all. Mm. If, if if the Ravens lay an egg, I don't think it'll be because of him. Big line though. It's a lot. It's, but and, and and just so I was going to say this, Tony. Yeah. The Titans fall under that ten and one trend. Yes. Of teams uh, off a road game in the wild card weekend getting a TD or more ten and one against the spread since two thousand six. Nine and a half. I mean, I think you know it comes down to how well can Tennessee force him into situations where he's looking at third and long. I yep. think. If he doesn't, and I think Coach Vrabel touched on this in a press conference earlier this week, and I agree with him. Um, you know, he's, his biggest weapon is still, are still, is still his feet. Yeah. He's a good passer. He's an improved passer this year over last year for sure, and I think he's a different person this year in the playoffs, and will be a different person this year than he was last year. But his bottom line, his biggest weapon is still are still his feet. Um, so obviously you got to contain the edge, but if you put him in that offense in third long situations, then the Ravens defense, um, I'm sorry, the Titans defense will be able to just do what they normally do on third down, as opposed to having to like stack the box and stop Lamar Jackson on the run, force him to pass is what I'm saying. Essentially. I think the question is, is Tennessee facing third and twos or third and eights? That's the big question. What exactly. does Derrick Henry do? What does he bring to that team? It's tough to stop him alone. You got to gang tackle the guy, but you can get through him. You can get through that offensive line. Third and two is manageable. Third and eight with Tannehill is not. I'm sorry. He doesn't have – I don't – I like A.J. Brown. I don't think he has the weapons to beat that Baltimore defense. On the other hand, New England attacked this team, with tried to get their wide receivers going, Edelman, Nikhil, Harry, people like that. Baltimore is much more middle-of-the-field team. It's the tight ends. It's, it's the running backs out the backfield. I'm thinking that those tight ends have a lot more success than the wide receivers of New England. Not to say – not saying the wide receivers of New England were terrible. They were – the tight ends have to have a game, and I think they do. Mark Andrews is tough to cover over the middle of the field. Titans are going to be hard-pressed to do that. Their corners are their strong point. Their middle linebackers are not. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right there. I, I don't know I don't know that Tannehill does have the weapons. A.J. Brown's not going to just be able by himself uh, to beat what is a really stout Ravens secondary. I mean, you talk about Mar- Marcus Peters, Earl Thomas, <laughs> Jimmy Smith. Um, these, guys, these guys can play ball, guys. you know? I mean, I remember when Marcus Peters got traded this year. I was the one who kind of like poo-pooed it. Uh, you weren't alone. You know, he was horrible for the Rams. Horrible. And he's turned himself into literally an all-pro. He's been just completely incredible. Incredible. Personally, I don't think there's any way we don't see Baltimore versus Kansas City in the AFC Championship. I think I that's what the NFL wants. I think that's what we want as fans. I agree. But the gambling aspect of this. Yeah. We're trying to make you money on this show. We've been doing well. If you paid attention to Dangles' props, we're all making money on this show. So how are you going to make money on this game, Drew? Uh, this is a dead nut under game to me, guys. It's, it's really it's really not even close. I mean, you look at two teams that are going to want to establish a run and two defenses that aren't wanna get, are, are not going to want to give up the big plays. Yep. So what's that going to mean? It's going to be ball control. Yep. That's going to be a lot of third and shorts. That's going to be a lot of the game clock winding down. Uh, you know, 46 and a half, that's, you know, six touchdowns, six extra points and a field goal. Um, I see this game very similar to kind of a Baltimore-San Francisco game, yeah. a Baltimore-Buffalo game. Both those games were 140. This is, you know, I played the under I played the under last week, Tennessee-New England. That was even close, and I kind of was sweating at halftime, zero points in the second half. Yeah. You know, Henry's going to get 25 carries. Lamar's going to run around. I think the defense is going to be really, uh, you know, conscious of that Big chunk play. I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of like 7, 10, 12-yard gains, but I think at least my handicap is they're going to limit the big plays. This is 100% a dead nut under 46.5. This is tough for me because they didn't want to touch the over-under because Baltimore has been – they've been able to score 40 Oh, my God, themselves. they score in bunches, and they yeah. can blow people out too. So you don't know what's going to happen there, and I don't know if I want to take the side because, again, Tennessee has played stout. They could make it a New England-type game where it's close until the finish and cover that spread. 
it's tough. But you know what I feel? This is what I think is going to happen. I tried to do this last week, and it failed me. But, again, my, my QB got injured halfway through the game. And, of course, Josh McCown ain't going to win you any games in Philadelphia. But That was unlucky. But I think Baltimore comes out firing. I think they come out with a great scheme, a great sort of script for those first ten plays. I think they find early success. And I think Tennessee is going to struggle in the beginning of that game. Crowd will be going crazy, all that stuff. question is, can Tennessee hang on after this initial bum rush? But I think I'm taking not the first half. The first quarter, Baltimore. The first quarter, Baltimore is minus three and a half right now, and that's what I'm taking Baltimore to come out and be winning by more than three and a half points when the clock strikes zero in the first quarter. That's my bet. Dangles, leader in the clubhouse. Where are you going, buddy? You know, I think this game is going to be close. I do like your under bet, Drew. I tend to agree with you about the ball control sort of thing um, and, and, and the establishing the run. I, I do think Tennessee is going to keep this close, though. I'm going to take the spread. Nine and a half is big. Wow. That's a really big number to take. I think they will keep it closer than people think. I don't think this is going to be like a 45 to 10 final or anything like that. Um, I think they keep it within. Uh, they keep it close again. You know, Derrick Henry has proven he can run on the outside. He's not. He, he tore the Patriots He's up on the. He tore the Patriots up on the outside. I said it last week on the podcast that we just need need to worry about the middle because you know and and stacking the box because he's not a guy who's going to run on you on the outside. And what did he go and do? Absolutely tore us up on the outside. And He's you proven were... that he can. What wrong? Wrong. Yes. Yes. Of course, I've been wrong before, and I will be again. I will be wrong again, (laughs) but not on my prop bets last week. We can we can talk about that a little bit later on. No, I'm taking the spread here again. Nine and a half is big. I think Tennessee keeps it close, Uh, and they're the hottest team in football right now. Also, the Ravens haven't played since December 22nd. Yeah. Fact. And a lot of their a lot of their players didn't suit up in that regular season finale. So I think rust could be something that you know is going to have to be shaken off. Okay. All right. We got Dangles going Tennessee plus nine and a half. Drew's taking the under, and I'm taking the first quarter Baltimore minus three and a half. That is the first AFC game of the weekend. There's another one coming, and it's coming next. Left Coasters. Okay, boys, we're on a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. This is a very fun game. The best game of the week is happening at the end, but first we got to get through the slog that is the AFC Kansas City game. Dangles, what do we got early Sunday morning? All right, let's go to Arrowhead. It's going to be cold, I assume. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's the Houston Texans fresh off their comeback win. The Bills leading 16 to nothing at halftime, and Houston somehow makes lemons out of lemonade and or other way around, lemonades yeah, out of yeah. lemon. There it, there it is. Uh, it comes back to win it. Buffalo, you stink. See, I, I'm um, surprised, no. Drew, that you did not give a welfare check on your boy, Bo Rock. You know, I, I let him usually reach out to me, and I know, like, this is the truth. Like, I, I, I felt, man, it, it, I couldn't help but picture that was the, hard to watch. Picture the Lions. It just seemed like a Lions game. Like, how are they going to do this? And we, we could talk for hours uh, on, on that Bill's second half, but oh my God, just, just, <laughs> it, it just, it just didn't make any sense. You know, Allen was so good in the first half. He's lateral. He's doing this, doing that, and then obviously. You know, Deshaun, Michael Jordan, Jackson. Unbelievable. Um, I mean, just single-handedly, Unbelievable. single-handedly won that game. But also, the Bills just kind of like, like, why are they? Why are they giving it to the corpse Frank Gore in the second half? Like, Devin Singletary was unstoppable. Why are they going for it in fourth and twenty-seven? Well, why are they doing any of that shit? So, I don't understand. So, so we have the Houston Texans fresh off of that win and the Bills debacle in Kansas City at Arrowhead, the second loudest place to play in the NFL. The line, gentlemen, nine and a half points here as well, and the total is fifty-one. Big total, big line. Interesting yeah. game to to try and make money on. A uh, Kansas City man, that defense is no longer a weakness for them. Their their offense no, is better is than their defense, obviously, but that defense is no longer a hamstring no. injury for them. They can play. They can get after the ball. They can rush after you. It's going to be interesting to see how Houston holds up because Buffalo seven sacks on Deshaun Watson, seven well, sacks. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead us off, Tony. This is uh. Uh, I hit my best bet last week. We don't get extra points for that, but we, I took the Titans plus four and a half. <laughs> best bet. Keep it going. This is my best bet of the weekend, boys. And this one, um, it kind of freaks me out because it looked easy to me. Um, I absolutely love the Chiefs here. I smell a blowout of epic proportions. Mm. The Texans suck. <laughs> they, they're just not a good football team. You, you you look back to week 16 against the Bucks. They needed five picks from Jameis Winston to, to win a three-point game yep you know they're they just they're just i just don't i don't believe in bill o'brien 
I don't believe in any of that team. The Chiefs, you know, the the Texans beat the Chiefs 31 to 24 on my birthday, October 13th. Um, another uh, stat courtesy of R.J. Bell: No team outscored in in the season has advanced the conference championship game. The Texans have been outscored, and teams outscored in the season in the wild card 10 and five and one against the spread in uh, wild card weekend. Division round 0 and seven straight up, one and six against the spread. Um, so you're I, talking about outscored in all 16 games. Correct. In the season? Correct. You. I believe the Chiefs here run it up. Um, I like a blowout. I would even take an advanced line uh, if I got better odds at plus or minus fourteen and a half, possibly. Mm. I, I really mm. believe in this, and mm. you know, I, I, this could be a bit here because I'm I'm predicting a blowout. So I'm gonna look like a fool if the Texans, God forbid, win no or chance. keep it close. There's no but chance. But I really like the Chiefs as my best bet, minus nine. I think below out back of the Brinks truck, baby. I, I'm a little bit worried if I was a Chiefs fan because I don't think I have a player on my team that can cover DeAndre Hopkins. He he did very, very well against one of the best corners in the game last week. He was the only player keeping them in the game. I'm a little bit worried if I was them that it might be a 15-catch day for DeAndre Hopkins. That's the thing that worries me. But again, Deshaun Watson, seven sacks against the Bills. Kansas City's defensive line is not as good as the Bills, but they still can get to the quarterback. I'd be so worried. And that best play that Michael Jordan played that Sean Watson had should have been a sack. He got hit by two people at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he hits a knee there, the game's over and they lose. We're talking about the Bills right now. I don't know if Houston stands a chance. Dangles, you got a key matchup for this game? Man, I, you know, it's hard to look away from that, you know, who I assume will be Kendall Fuller on DeAndre Hopkins there for sure. I mean, that's, I think, the one way the Texans are going to tear you up is is if they're able to get that deep threat because that's what they do best, right, is the yeah. deep ball. You know, DeAndre Hopkins runs the routes over the middle, the shorter routes, the drags, um, you know, and then they get they, they beat you with Kenny Stills and Will Fuller, Fuller deep when you're lulled into a sense of security. Um, but That's the you thing know, is you got Kenny Stills and Will Fuller, but they, Kansas City, we haven't talked about their offense. There are so many no, weapons I mean, in gosh, that offense. Yeah, you know, Tyreek Hill uh, obviously is going to be, I mean, you know. Uh, uh, Travis Kelsey. I think Kelsey, got, of course. Can we Damian talk Williams about has a good fucking day. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, oh, yeah, that guy. No one talks about him because of Lamar and Christian McCaffrey and this and that. It's Patrick Mahomes. Thing last it's the year. reigning MVP, yeah. and he's healthy. Yeah, he's gonna burn him. I'm ex- I'm scared. I'd be scared if I was a Houston team. Uh, let's get <laughs> back up the scissor lift. Sorry, Drew, sorry, sorry, sorry. Drew that was, is feeling uh, himself with little, the Kansas City minus delayed. nine and a half pick. Uh, wait, wait, I, I I have it at nine here. We have a nine and a half. I, I got. I'm get, I'm getting it at nine and a half. Yeah, I'm not giving you a push on this. Dangles, let's go to you because I got one that's kind of going to take the wind out of everyone's sails on this. Dangles, what's nine. your bet? Oh, okay. Um, you know, I like the uh, I like the first half spread for Kansas City in here. It's minus five. I think they'll be leading at half. First half, Kansas City minus five. You think they're leading at half, guys? By a touchdown. You're both you're both talking about uh, uh, you're both talking about blowouts and how Kansas City's the better team and all that other stuff. Their defense has improved. Patty Mahomes is going to do things. I think the number's too big. Not in the spread, but in the total. Fifty-one is a lot of points, especially if you think it's going to be a blowout. If they're winning thirty-five to fourteen, we're not there. We're not there. That's not the total. 51's a big, big, big number. I'm going under 51, and I still think it's a blowout like you guys. I don't like taking 9.5-point spreads in the playoffs. As Drew said, there are only eight teams in this dance. They're in here for a reason. There's a chance Houston gets a cover on that. There's a chance it's a close game. I still don't think there's a lot of points scored on the Houston side to get that number above 51. That's why I'm taking the under. And again, so far, Tony's been the worst gambler last week, but no one knew it was coming last week. No one knew except for Diggity Dangles, the common man winning this game. Dangles has the first half, Kansas City minus five. Drew's taking Kansas City on the game, minus nine and a half. Ooh, and I'm taking I, the I, I under got, 51. I got, I got some dispute here. My book is sharp. I got minus nine. Hey, if, if it ends up being a push, you can talk to me later. But okay. if you think it's All a right. blowout, you're talking about getting a minus That's 14 fine. line. You're fair. You're fair. You're We're fair. going with that. But again, That's fair. All three of these games, big spreads. Big, 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 big spreads. But there's yeah. one game left. There is one game left on Tony Cavallo's birthday weekend, and it involves his bye week team, the Green Bay Packers. Let's go to that next. Left Coasters. Okay, boys, we have arrived. The only man in this booth to have a team still remaining in the playoffs is yours truly, Tony the King. How does it feel? Cavallo. How does I, it feel? I am elated. How I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you, buddy. Elated. I cannot wait alone. 
I am going to have a birthday weekend. I'm not taking any work from the moment of this podcast until the Green Bay game happens. I'm that excited to have a birthday weekend of relaxation and wonderful football. Did I wish the Patriots and the Saints were involved to make it a little bit more interesting? Of course I do. We get what we get, though, and we get Green Bay and Seattle dangles. What do we have going on in Lambeau Field? Oh, it's going to be a fun one. I know you're excited for this. I'm excited for this. It's Russ versus Aaron. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. Unbelievable. It's Pete versus Matt, the old grizzled <laughs> vet versus, versus Matt. Pete versus Matt or whatever. Let's anyway, yeah. Seattle who? on the road again. They just can't wait to get on the road again, this time to Green Bay, Wisconsin at Lambeau Field. Seahawks, Packers, the line is four points. Four points in favor of the uh, Packers, the home team. Total's 47. It opened at five. People are betting the Seahawks. Drew, what are your early feelings here? Um, man, so, you know, the Seattle game, I actually couldn't watch most of that because I was in um, Santa's village. Um, <laughs> Being a good dad. Ice skating for the first time with an eight-year-old, which was lovely. Um, but I did notice that Wentz went out early, and I, I assumed incorrectly that the Seahawks would run away with it. Mm. Um, that mm-hmm. under was just one of the best bets of the weekend, yep. if, I, if I say so myself. Yep. Um, I just really have a hard time, and you know I've been down on the Packers all year. Yep. I've also been down on the Seahawks all year. Yep. They don't get margin. They win a lot of close games. Uh, obviously, both these teams have good quarterbacks. Seattle's run game, this whole beast mode thing, yeah, he can get goal line carries. He can dive over piles. Like They have no run game to speak of. Zero. Zero run game to speak of. Now, DK Metcalf, man, people called him you know, a combine all-star, an Instagram model. That dude is a baller. I was wrong um, on bi- him. I think a lot of people were. Yeah. Um, Big-ass dude. Obviously, Lockett, Hollister, and Russ. Um, I I really, really just don't – like, you texted me, Tony. You said, how, how, how do you see the Packers – Losing this game, I don't see him losing the game. It's I, tough. I, I just, I just don't see him losing the game. Rodgers is old enough in his career now to know he's he's one game away from, one game away from the Super Bowl. As simple as that sounds. Yep. Um. So that, so, so that's my thinking. I think that the, the Seahawks, kind of a depleted team with no run game. I think they have an uphill battle to climb. I will talk about what I think is going to happen a little later. Dangles, I want you to go before I tell the listeners a little story. You want me to go? Yeah. P- talk about this game. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. I don't want you to leave. Oh, okay. <laughs> Get out of here, Dangles. All right, well, I guess you're going to engineer your little, the- Leave your little spaceship I guess you're going to engineer the show yourself then. Um, you know, it's it's going to sound weird. Tony, I don't know what, you, what you'll, you'll think about this. Obviously, I'm going to be watching Zadarius Smith. He's been, like, one of the hottest defensive players in the NFL in the last few weeks. He absolutely tortures offensive lines. He's super fast and super strong. I'm going to definitely be looking for him to get after Russ. Obviously, Russ you know, can make magic. Um, but one guy I'm going to be looking at here uh, because I think he's been kind of overlooked in this offense, but he's gotten a, a, a big role and it's been growing and growing and his snap count and his target count has been growing. And that's Alan Lazard. He has supplanted Marquez Val- Marquez Valdez, Scantling and Geronimo Allison mm-hmm. as the second option in that offense. And it's been a huge growth for him. I know nobody ever talks about this guy. I only watched him in a couple of games this year, but he's shown he has, he's shown he has the ability to break a game over. I think he's pretty high in the league when it comes to yards per target. Uh, he's a guy who could be a difference maker because Devontae Adams is going to be in double coverage all day long. You know that. And obviously you know that Aaron Jones and their running game is going to be a, a big factor. But Aaron Rodgers clearly has a trust in Alan Lazard. They have a good relationship. I think he's maybe a dark horse to have a huge game and be an offensive threat that they actually have to account for. I, the, hope, uh, the, I hope that's the right. I do hope that's right. I, I mean, my receiving core is probably the worst part of my team outside of Devontae Adams. I don't even care if Devontae Adams is going to double covered. I know he's going to show up. He has shown up every game of his career in clutch moments we have a lot of straight line guys in green bay on the receiving core we don't have anyone in the middle of the field that's the worst part of our team jimmy graham stinks going up against his old team though interested i might be taking jimmy graham first touchdown of the game i i I can see it happening that would be poetic i'm interested to see what happens boys but now for a little bit of a story uh if you guys can remember and i'm sure you can the last time these two teams met in the playoffs was one of the darkest days in green bay history i I remember vividly and tony cavallo was in dire straits himself he had not making a lot of money at the time and accepted a new job as a waiter at this hot restaurant on Melrose, okay? Mm. The first day I had to come into work was the day of those two championship games. It was uh, New England Patriots versus Indianapolis Colts, Andrew Luck, and the Green Bay versus Seattle. Now, I hated Seattle. I hated Seattle for a long, long time. I thought they were a fake team even back then. 
and I had to stand there. There was supposed to be a sports bar, but the games were being played in the back, and I had to work the front. I did not get to watch any play of these games, any single play of these games. But I would sneak to the back and try and catch the score, and I noticed Green Bay's up huge. Holy shit, Green Bay's up huge. I happened to see a Russell Wilson pick live in my eyes. I'm like, holy fuck, we're going to do it. I'm going to get to play the New England Patriots. Me and my father's dream is Packers versus Patriots in the Super Bowl. And as you know... They come back, onside and what kick. What do I get to see? I didn't even get to see the onside kick play. I oh. walked to the back during overtime, and I saw my man Tremont Williams get burned by some fourth-string wide receiver. Doug Baldwin, they go right? down the field. No, it wasn't even Doug Baldwin. It was a nobody. It was a guy who wasn't even on the team anymore. Really? Like a Javon Curse-type player okay, that yeah, caught that Kirst. big ball in Kirst. overtime. Yeah. And I got to watch that play and got to watch Green Bay fold. And I don't even know how it happened. Worst part. I'm wearing my Green Bay jersey because I'm excited. And we got allowed to wear jerseys where we're repping our teams, trying to get the sports bar mix going. I got to wear my jersey, and I'm serving the front, the patio. And what happens after that game? Well, all the sports bars on the corner let out, and how many Seahawks fans walked by and sat now at my restaurant that I had to serve? And every one of them was nice. No one was a dick, but they all said, well, you guys, you know, you put up a good fight. It was a great game, man. Sorry what happened to you. And I had to serve these motherfuckers food. Sorry, Mrs. Crookston. And (laughs) had to watch them tip me their measly pity money as I served them baked eggs and mimosas. One of the darkest days of my life. I still have never watched a single play from that game. I cannot wow. bring myself to it. But now... Do you think you will one day? Maybe? No, never. One day? No, but point. now, no this week, it comes back. Seattle is going to Lambeau Field to play Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, two kings. I cannot wait for this game. But gentlemen, I texted you during the week. I said to Drew, I said to you, how do the Packers lose this game? against a team that can't run the ball, against a team that only has D.K. Metcalf as a, as, a, as, a, as a threat, a team that barely has a defense. How did the Green Bay Packers lose this game? I went to bed that night, and I woke up, same feeling I have now, scared. I am scared of this Seattle team because you know why? This 8-1 and one on the road Seattle team, they do not die. Nope. They do not die. Nope. Nope. Doesn't matter how many times this season they have gone into halftime with a with a deficit. Doesn't matter how on the edge they are. San Fran ruined this team on the last game of the regular season, and they came back to make it a game. They do not die. They will come out of halftime. Their pulse will be normal. They'll be ready to go. They'll be bringing their lunch pail ready to go to work, and they do not die. Russell Wilson is truly magic, and I am nervous and scared of this game. I mean, I, th- I think the, the potential also is there, Tony, for Matt LaFleur to get completely outcoached. Pete Carroll has been here before. He has done this. Exactly. He, has, he has lost on the biggest stage in the world, exactly. making c- the dumbest call in the world. Like, this guy is a grizzled playoff vet. He knows his stuff. Not to take anything away from Matt LaFleur or what he's done in Green Bay this year. That team clearly loves to play for him. And he probably is not looking at this as, oh, it's my first playoff game. He's looking at it like any other Sunday if he's smart, and I know he is. But you can't I don't think you can look away from the possibility that there's just an experience gap there and the possibility exists that Pete Carroll just out coaches Matt LaFleur terrified, flat out. terrified of this game that being said Green Bay minus four is my bet because motherfuckers I've been riding <laughs> this Green Bay team all year <laughs> you since, got to since week one since week one I've been betting on the Packers and they have been making me money and that's all I'm trying to do on this show is make you money Green Bay minus four at home Lambeau against a weakened Seattle team, they're going to win this game by more than four points. I'll be terrified the whole entire time I'm watching it, and you two better be with me when we're watching it. Drew, what's your bet for this game? Tony, you talked last week about the Seahawks' slow starts. Yes. Uh, the Packers have had fast starts this year. Yes. My, the spread was really bothering me because I am afraid not only of the Seahawks but potential backdoor. The only, where I, the only way I could look here is a little first-half action. Mm. I like Green Bay minus three in the first half. I think uh, the Packers start out hot, which they typically have done this season. Yep. The Seahawks start out slow, yep. which they typically have done this season. And the Packers are have a comfortable lead at halftime just in time to have you lose your stomach in a nail-biting second half. Ooh. Give me Green Bay minus three in the first half. I'm not going to lie, folks. If you're with me watching this game, you're going to see uh, – I don't know if – I don't know. I, I've I've been thinking about this too. I don't know how I want to watch this game. Well, I, I was going to ask you about that. We got to get together. Bro. I don't know whether I want to be at a sports bar. I don't know whether I want to be at someone's house. I don't know whether if I want to be alone. I might just want to be like in solitude because I will tell you this: I will not eat anything. 
I will not drink anything. I will be taking my CBD oil to calm me down, mm. and I will not sit down. For one second of this game will I sit down. During halftime, I might need to take a walk. I know my buddy TJ, a good friend of the program, has dogs. I might go take a dogs for the walk just to clear my head. I will be so effing nervous this whole entire game. I'll tell you where not to watch it. Uh, my house, when Sling TV goes out because of internet problems. Oh, I'd, I'd punch you in the face. Yeah, of course. I'd punch, I'd punch myself in the, in the face. face. Yeah, I'd punch you square in the face. Dangles, you are the leader on this squad of the Making the Picks wildcard weekend. You are hot. Hot, hot. What do you got going for my team? Final score, 33-31, Green Bay Packers. Seattle plus four is my bet. Oh, oh my God. On that score, you should take the over and bet the bet the mortgage on it, bud. I know, right? It's going to be a high-scoring game. I will say. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I, if I wasn't a Green Bay fan, I'd be leaning under right now. i got to take my boys, but I'd be leaning under in this game. Watching that Seahawks team play, I'm not, I would never take them over anything. Excited. Though. Like I'm talking point total. So excited. Yeah. So effing excited. By the way, if you listen to my prop bets, I know Dangles won a few, but I gave you that prop bet about Super Bowl matchups, how you, you just got to bet the bye week's team yeah. and hope they hit. New Orleans and New England are out. Those bye week team matchups are just getting better. The spreads on this weekend just make those bye week matchups better. No, yeah, that, that's a good-looking bet for sure. So it's going to be interesting, but let's get to our teasers real fast. We're going to do our teasers for the whole weekend. Before we get going, let's start with Shea for the Sharp. So um, my first ever three-team 10-point teaser lost. Uh, I wanted bad. I wanted to do a quick a quick Shea for the Sharp school, guys, if I may. <laughs> uh, this is when Shea for the Sharp school goes wrong. I was all <laughs> I was all over the Seahawks. I was all over the Seahawks uh, Eagles line all weekend because it was fluctuating like the stock market. Yeah. I ended up getting Seattle at minus one. Sorry, at plus one, and I teased them to six at plus seven. It flipped all the way and I got Philly at minus one. Mm. So what I did in a low scoring game, which I correct I correctly bet the under and assumed to be tough to get margin, I took both, I teased both, Seattle plus seven, Philly plus seven, knowing I had a 14-point margin to try to hit a middle yep. and win double bets, and I was exposed of $20 if, and only if, my second leg of the two-team teaser hit, which was New Orleans <laughs> plus two and a half. And not only did I have plus two and a half, me and my buddy Phil would have hit a $500 square if the game would have ended at 20 to 17. We had Vikings zero, Saints seven. It was a brutal Sunday at Santa's workshop. Uh, <laughs> that is when Schaefer the Sharps Camley School goes wrong. Saying that, I'm off the three-team teaser this week. I've told you about my uh, prediction on the Chiefs. I'm going to do a two-team, six-and-a-half-point teaser. I'm taking the Chiefs at minus two-and-a-half. And who am I pairing this with, Tony? Oh, my God. Plug your nose. Close your eyes. <clears throat> I can't believe I'm doing this. Mm. Mm. <sighs> the mm. Green Bay Packers plus two. Woo! I just don't see them losing to an inferior Seahawks team. Dangles all the points you said. I am afraid of first year head coach Russ Wilson, Pete Carroll. I just don't see how Aaron Rodgers. He's got a sense this is one of his last chances to get to the promised land here. Yep. He's one game away. Everyone talks about if you get to the conference championship, you're obviously you're one game away from the Super Bowl where anything can happen. Yeah. It's it's basically a kind of a game seven type thing. Every playoff game is a game seven. Obviously, NFL. Kansas City minus two and a half. Green Bay plus two. I'm also doing a two team six and a half point teaser. Except I'm not taking the sides because still with those numbers, I don't like I don't like what's going on. I'm taking the totals. I already took the under fifty one in the Kansas City game. I'm teasing that up to a fifty seven and a half under and pairing it with the Green Bay Packers under fifty three and a half. I think. I think Seattle scores a little bit more than they did last week, but that's still a team that cannot move the ball on offense. So under 53.5 in Green Bay, under 57.5 in Kansas City, hoping to hit my first teaser in a while. Dangles. Uh, this week was actually kind of easy for me as opposed to last week, which I had to think about. So I'm hoping oh, that I'm hoping that walking means walking in with the big. Bridges. I'm hoping oh. that means no. It just kind of like I looked at the lines and it was kind of just like oh that's that's it. It was just like the first <laughs> thing. It was yeah. just like the first thing that jumped out at me. Just kind of like our over last week on the Saints game. Yeah, well, miserably. you know what? You win some, you lose some. Yeah. I'm still gonna walk out of here with my head held high after that <laughs> prop bet performance. Oh no, uh, no, no! Trust me, you're impressed. I'm saying all three of us like the over. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm hoping this one turns out better. Uh, I'm teasing Baltimore down uh, to minus three, and I'm teasing Kansas City down to minus three as well. Both were yes. at nine and a half starting this. This eliminates that big spread. It gets us to that nice even number of three points, uh, and I, I, I like it. Let's go for it. Let's I, do it. Dangles, I actually, I was, I literally have that uh, written down. I like that too. The only reason that's uh, me to press pause on that is because playoffs. 
And Playoff. Hey, the, that's, and, that's a good and, reason and, is and any. The goddamn Saints. I did not see the Saints losing last week. Schaefer the Sharps teaser just got absolutely burned, so I'm a little apprehensive to lay the lumber on two heavy favorites. All right, that's all of our bets for the weekend. The divisional round, usually the best weekend in all of the NFL, but we're looking at a championship round that's going to have some juicy, juicy championship matchups. It's my birthday weekend, though, and you know what that means. Happy birthday, Tony! Happy birthday! Let's go, Green Bay. But before we leave, we're going to do this at the end. We got to recap what happened in the playoff fantasy please. challenge. Can we please recap? Cannot it? wait to see what happens, and that is coming next. Left coasters. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, before we leave, we have to recap the playoff fantasy challenge. Last week, we all drafted a team of players in the playoffs. You can only get one player from each team, and as they move on, they get multipliers. The problem is, if you pick losers, you're in trouble. For instance, I picked four players that lost last weekend so now i'm down from nine players to five total drew on the other hand picked players that won he has four players getting double points this week including derrick henry and dalvin cook gonna be tough to catch up to him he also has the lead in points 117.3 scored for wild card weekend dangles in second place 57.7 i'm in third at 48.72 i created a new rule for this game dangles and i think you're gonna enjoy it I created wait, 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 wait. You created a new rule. We already started. Yeah, I made this game. It I can would, do whatever I want. It would not be a Tony Cavallo game if the rules didn't change in the middle of it, would it? Because Dangles— On the seventh I, day, got arrested, Dangles. Because Dangles— And I, changed the rules of life, apparently. <laughs> I felt bad. I felt bad. We only have nine spots, but there are 12 playoff teams, Dangles. I felt bad that we were leaving those other teams off okay, of our roster. Okay, first of all, I know that's a farce because you started it with you felt I felt bad, and I just know that's not true. <laughs> so, Dangles, what we're going to do here, as you do every week in fantasy, what do you do every week in fantasy? after the games have played i win no no no, no. <laughs> after after the games have been played what do you do to lead up to the week you, uh, you set your lineup you drop and you oh add. sure waiver wire you play the waiver wire play the dangles waiver wire. so the new rule is and we'll be doing this every week up until the super bowl we are taking one player that we don't have on our roster to replace a player <laughs> that we've lost one player on, not on our roster to replace a player that but, we watched so the key is you cannot take another you cannot take a player from a team you already have rostered. So the three teams that you don't have represented, you get to draft a player from that team right here right now and the order is going to be based on the scores of the week before. So Drew will go first. He has free reign of anyone who doesn't already have represented on his roster. Dangles is going second and finally I am going third. Drew, so far you lost Michael Thomas, Dallas Goddard and the New England defense, which means you can get a wide receiver, a tight end or a defense. Go. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Tony, I also have lost uh, Devin Singletary as my flex. Oh, that's true. That's so true. that means I can take a flex. Yeah, that's true. And I don't have uh, a San Francisco 49er oh on my team. Oh, boy. So I think to add to the dream team, I'm going to take Mr. Raheem Mustard. Wow. Wow. Now, this is a key, Dangles. Uh, if, if, for instance, he took a player that had played last week, he is not getting a multiplier for this week. You only get multipliers for the weeks they are on your team. Drew took a San Francisco 49er. Dangles, you are up, my man. You lost Alvin Kamara. You lost James White, and you lost your Philadelphia kicker. So you can take a running back. You can also take a person that's your flex because that's what James White was, or you can take a kicker. Where are you going? Mm, this is a tough one. Uh, so the Well, teams, tell them the teams you have available, Dangles. Yeah. I, I Well, let's see here. I have um, – well, 49ers are out. I got their defense. I've got Minnesota, um, so that leaves me with a couple of wide receivers. I don't think uh, Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen have homes, correct? Correct. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I've got a Texan. I've got a Chief. I've got a Seahawk. I've got a Packer. I've got a Raven. Uh, I don't have a Titan, uh, so there's Dion Lewis. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Has he played? Uh, lies. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry's gone already. I'm not taking take, their wide receiving core. He's got a, a comfortable home dangles. He's no, very comfortable. Uh, the plan, I th the best plan here for me, if this is how we're doing it, is to take a flex. I'm going to go with Adam Thielen from the Minnesota Vikings and install him at my flex slot. Got it. There so go. Adam uh, Adam Thielen is now a part of Diggity Dangs's team. Last place is I. I lost Drew Brees. I lost Miles Sanders. I lost Julian Edelman. I lost the Buffalo defense. I lost everybody. I lost effing everybody. I have a lot of players coming in, Kittle and Kelsey, to try and help me try to catch Drew, but it's going to be tough. So I'm going to go with the man that called into the to the show. I don't think the Vikings win, but I do think the man who threw his helmet to the ground, who stomped his feet like a little boy, who cried for his mommy and said, you got to throw me the ball more. I think they come back and have Diggs have an electric game. Thielen is not right. 
Dalvin Cook will be stopped. Diggs is going to be a game changer in this game. Put Stefan Diggs on the Tony Cavallo fan wagon. Wow. Stefan Diggs is now part of my team. So Drew added the Raheem Mostert as his flex. Dangle put Adam Thielen at his flex. And Stefan Diggs is replacing Julian Edelman, who had so many injuries he couldn't even catch a ball in the biggest moment of the season for New England. Sorry again to bring that up, Dangles. I'm sure I won't do it again for the rest of this podcast. That is it. For the Left Coast Gamblers Divisional Weekend. Very happy, very excited. Happy birthday to me. Hopefully Green Bay, we're talking about them next week in good faith and not about bad things. Because Mike McCarthy's back. I don't want to talk about Mike McCarthy anymore. I want to talk about these Green Bay Packers. It's going to be a big weekend for Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crooks, and we are the Left Coast Gamblers. And we will be back next week for the NFC and AFC Championship Round. Woo! Very excited for it. This is when the times get good. Making you money left and right. And as we said last week, how did we end the show last week? Yeah, I was, I was, I was like, I think Don't. we let you. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.